I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me still on the other line from the Satellite Branch in Scenic Hamilton, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. I'm dancing. You're dancing. I'm dancing. She's dancing. Okay, I've stopped dancing now. This is episode 255 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our episodes, which feature varying levels of dancing, just go to wherever you get your audio content, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. Give this program a rate, review, follow, subscribe, high five, secret handshake, one-armed hug. Secret. (laughs) Whatever you feel. Don't. You, this besmirchment of the one-armed hug is really starting to become tiresome, frankly. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's not as bad as the side hug, but it's close. The side—I will give you the side. The side hug is trash. Yeah. No, the side hug has never done anyone any favors. But the one-armed hug—that's just—that's just the universe, universally accepted masculine form of uh, you know platonic affection. When you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything <laughs> at all. I'm gonna let shit hang now. <laughs> should hang now make you fill the space but when you do any of those things on your audio content provider of choice you will never miss a new episode of this program because they will be brought to you directly every week the second a new episode drops to your device from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named philip by your mans chauncey prestolicus the third geek down internet elf girl he loves to deliver these episodes and he would never insult you by giving you a side hug no, he's just a full, full hugger. Full. He's just like, yeah. Full throttle back slapper. <laughs> that chunks. Yeah. Like, like when my grandma used to just like smack my back really hard for no reason. That's Chauncey. <laughs> grandma, I thought you loved me. I, I still don't know to this day why she would do it. <laughs> I mean, to this day, nice I still don't know that my grandma loved me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she just used to like really slap me on the back. You're like, ow. That's how the elderly convey affection. I look forward to approaching <laughs> that stage in my own life. Friends, what was your relationship with your grandma like? Hit us up on twitter.com slash geektownpod. It's where we live on the social means. You'd be delighted to hear your heartwarming stories about you and your grandparents. Yeah. And if you want to act like your grandparents used to and hit us with a, you know, check for $3. It's not our birthday, but we'll still take it in the old tip jar over at ko-fi.com slash geektownpod. If you care to, we will also take we will also take tins full of sewing supplies, <laughs> <laughs> cookie tins that are not cookie tins, cookie tins that you think are cookies, and you really hope are going to be cookies, but they never are. It's thread. Nope. People say there's no white culture. <laughs> <laughs> cookie tins full of sewing supplies <laughs> are white people culture. Uh... That's what passes for white people culture. I don't know. Friends, is that a universal is that a universal thing? I feel like it gets mentioned a lot, but I don't know. My my POCs out there, is that is that a thing that happened in your houses? Cookie tins of sewing were, supplies? Were, was the sherbet actually soup? <laughs> always. Always. Listen, 
Mama Ferguson worked as a chef at a community, you know, Meals on Wheels type program. And, oh, the margarine <laughs> containers of soup and <laughs> stew that came home. Every few days. No, it was worse when it was, it was worse when it was like the sherbet, right? Like, cause I was like, yeah, cause sometimes they did really have sherbet in their fridge. Why would it be, no. be in the freezer, you goof? What? Or sherbet well, no, be in the freezer. fridge? It was in the freezer, sorry. Okay. That's what I meant. Freezer. Sorry. But <laughs> yeah, I'd get like super psyched. And then I'd be like, oh, turkey soup. No. Or worse was like bean salad. Ugh. <laughs> God. Um, the 50s were hard, man. Good Lord. <laughs> In my house, it was always beef barley. It was beef barley soup, which after a cut, after like a day in the fridge, just kind of turned into like beef jello because the barley just you know soaked up all the actual broth. It was just like mm-hmm. it was wild. <laughs> the nineties. Uh, I was recently sent something. It was a TikTok. Well, it was a funny TikTok that basically replied, "Fuck those kids." This was from someone cute. Got to give her the hat tip. Um, it contained the uh, knowledge that apparently. The youths are calling the 1980s and 90s the late 1900s. Fuck these kids. That's amazing. That's amazing. You'd be, of course, I mean, of course, you'd be the only person alive who would be fine with having the era of our youth, <laughs> <laughs> you know, referred to in the terms of like the Great Depression, like <laughs> the late 1900s. Like they're looking at fucking mimeograph photographs of us. In front of horse-drawn carriages or some shit. Like, I was thinking life. of that the other day. Like, I was like, oh, we're in the, like, 1920s now. Or in the 20s, rather. We're in the 20s now. Oh, I get it. Also, we're old. <laughs> that we know. Friends. But, 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 hold on. But, no, it gives me, gives me great satisfaction. Mm. We're old. And we're going to be old for... Basically the rest of our lives, but they aren't old yet and they're going to get to the point where they're old and I'm going to have a good laugh. Uh, as the author Paul Oster once said, you go through your life thinking it's not going to happen to you and then it happens to you the same way it's happened to everyone else. Yeah. I laugh and, and laugh. And we going to be on the porch just waiting for your asses. <laughs> yep. Yep. One day the kids aren't going to have. I'm going to razz you about the sounds you make when you get out of bed in the morning. One day, one day the kids get up from your chair. The kids aren't going to have any idea who little Uzi Vert is. <laughs> You're going to be like, "How do you not know? How do you not know Uzi?" But they ain't gonna. They ain't gonna know. They're going to be listening to I don't know some fucking, you know, VTuber who put out a mixtape or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. I'm down with the kids. <laughs> I am so not. And I don't care. It's glorious. Friends, I have nothing by way of social updates to mention to you. It's just been, as has been said <laughs> repeatedly on the show lately, I've just been having the, just the worst time adjusting to <laughs> working a full-time job for the first, you know, in my 40s. Um, <laughs> I've had a job since I was like 17 years old, but like. You know, they were either part-time or had ebbs and flows or they were like, you know, at a community newspaper, <laughs> which involved a lot of sitting and talking about bullshit. Yeah. I got paid and for now, that. And now, and now 
You got to go to work all the time. All the time. How do you do? And like, and listen, it is Sunday as we are recording this. So I've got, I'm actually off Monday, Tuesday, which is going to be delightful because I don't know how, if I had to go to the grocery store on a weekend all the time, how do you do that? Well, well, I mean, we went to, I always do, I try and do groceries during the week. So it's, you gotta. I don't have to spend my weekend you thinking about it, but we made the mistake of going to the grocery store on, on the Monday. And I don't know if this is the way it is in your neck of the woods listeners, but Monday is restock day. <laughs> so as I'm trying to fucking find bay leaves and there are no bay leaves no fucking, and what? I'm like, I, I do my, I do my route around the grocery store so that I don't have to go back a million times to the same spot so I can be in and out. What do I see? Of course, they're restocking the spices I needed. So I had to go back, find bay leaves. And and then the people who are restocking, I know they're trying to do their job, but I'm like, I just, I, I got to I don't, and they're having like a, a group huddle about like, who's restocking what? And I'm like, I just, I need, I, can I get? <laughs> why don't you, why don't you take a moment to polish your monocle while you're waiting for the bay leaves to get restocked, your highness? <laughs> okay. Okay, bay leaves are a very common ingredient. No one knows what they do. They're not edible. They just slice your fucking gums open when you find them in your whatever. First of all, you're supposed to take them out of your soup. You are doing it wrong. Second, I do shit. You think I think I cook with with bay leaves? Other people cook with bay leaves. (laughs) I ain't cooking with bay leaves. Anyway, I'm I'm down here with the people. Yeah. Uh huh. With your air fryer. How dare you? <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, all that yeah, is to no say, social updates. Just grocery shopping and working. Just grocery shopping and working. Um, Kate has some things she wants to bring up. The only item of note I wanted to mention this is old news for most of you, but the Hawkeye trailer dropped for the next uh, Marvel televised universe offering on the D plus. Uh, this is like most other things. That have come out by way of Marvel TV. It's leaning heavily on uh, previously established comic stories, but obviously cannot do all of those things because you still have to, you know, you can't ignore the fact. You can lean on uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run from years back. Uh, and it's, you know, very laid back, fancy free take on the character as a building manager in bed or whatever the hell he was he was doing in that book. <laughs> Um, that works in the comic when you still have to deal with the fact that old, uh, murder Hawk Renner was out there <laughs> through half the Avengers movies, just murdering gangsters. Mm-hmm. You still got to reckon with that. That went in the comics. So you can put the same logo on it and make me think it's going to be super fun. And I think it still will be super fun to an extent. I like that. It's Christmas themed. I was just to say, I love that it was Christmas. themed. I got a real, I got a real soft spot for a show that's going to drop starting in late November black Friday era and just take me through the Christmas season while it is Christmas in the show. That just, that warms, that warms my cockles. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. And I think it'll be fun. I hope it's just, I hope it's like a Loki thing where it's just like, it is what it is. And I think it will be, I think it's just going to be a fun, stupid. I heard somebody liking it. And again, this is like what Chris and Andy affectionately called director bullshit where it's like, you know, the Russo brothers come out and say, like, we're really inspired by the Manchurian candidate for this. It's like, it's a dumb Marvel movie. So, I mean, I could say that the Hawkeye trailer has a fun, like, Shane Black kind of feel to it. But you know, it's not going to be 
anywhere near like Shane Black caliber, but it does have that kind of right. feel. And I also heard somebody comp- compare it to like Die Hard. It's like a dumb action movie feel. I'll take a dumb action movie yeah. that doesn't try to like tell me it's got something to say about, you know, race, global citizenry or, or like, you know, international borders or, or, you know, centralism v fascism v libertarianism. Like just be a dumb action movie. That's fun. We can do that. The bad guys all looked like they had track suits. So I mean, step in the right direction. Oh yeah. I feel if, if the bad guys are wearing track suits, it means I can wear a track suit. Uh, in which case, perfect show. Kate, I'm here to liberate you. You can wear a tracksuit. Oh, amazing. All the time. All, all the time? All the time. Fuck it. Tracksuits I've been everybody. getting dressed up to watch stuff this whole time for nothing. <laughs> Again, with the bay leaves, dressing up to watch Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Lord. Uh, <laughs> hey, I have a house now. Uh, people that's, are lucky. That's true. I'm oh, my God. She, she's just totally... Not just in my underwear all the time. This, how can this podcast ever survive when I'm still slumming it out here in Parkdale and, uh, you know, Lady Bay Leaves over there is... <laughs> <laughs> circulate, circulating with the other homeowners. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. The community, oh, yeah, that's right. The community association. Uh, <laughs> Me local. and Joyce, who's been on her own for several years, are going <laughs> to... What? Please tell me this is a real Did person. I tell you this story? Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, literally, like, in the first couple days that we had moved in, we'd met our next-door neighbors. Very nice. And they literally told us about every person on the street. Like, basically, it was like, a, you know, a, a, this, everything that touch, the light touches moment where mm. they just was like, and then this person, and this is this thing. And, and anyways, so they kept on telling us about the, the, our neighbors and they were like, okay, well, this is, you know, Eleanor and Jim live there and, Maria and Fred live there and oh Joyce lives there she's been on her own for a couple years and that's uh Gertrude she's been you know she's been on her own for a while and you know uh Lynn just lost her husband and I just looked at Chris and I was like run run because <laughs> they just kept on naming these poor elderly ladies who had lost husbands or or <laughs> recently or not so recently uh, so yeah, and so I know who everyone is, but I actually haven't met them. So, but I don't think we're gonna get together anytime soon. And I don't know what do, what do pe- neighbors do? Community uh, watch, potluck, <laughs> community watch, group group power walks through the neighborhood. You oh, know, oh, you I, know I what though, power walk. Joyce, you're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Oh, I'm sure she's doing wonderful. Yeah. Kate has questions. She tells me about film. I do. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not qualified to answer them, so I don't know what you think she's going to get out of me. But go ahead. Ask your question. Well, no, no, no. You are. It's not about – it's not deeply about film. It's just I am a little confused. So – and maybe it's a timing thing and maybe I just don't understand. And this isn't – like it's legitimately not a knock at anything. But what what are the decision? what is the decision? Where are we at right now? Where we are deciding, like, which films should be in theaters and why and for how long and not mm. online. Like, so we had The Black Widow. Yes. What, that was in theaters for, what, a week? If that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if it was And was it theaters not, but... and, 
yeah, was it theaters and streaming or was it in theaters for a week and then streaming? I think it was day and date. And that's what has led to this whole falling out lawsuit between Disney and ScarJo's camp. Right. Okay. So, so there's that. And then we've got, uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Five Rings. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Which has, and... been, which has been no streaming. No, Just which theaters. I found out yesterday when I was like, I know. Let's watch Shang-Chi and the Legend of... Oh, Ten Rings, sorry. The Legend of Ten Rings. And I tried to look for it. And I could not find it. No yank. And I was like, that's really weird. I was sure it was out in theaters. Yeah. And, and again, this is not a knock. Just, is it irresponsible to just have things in theaters? Or not because it is going to be streaming? Like, what... I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know in some regards, um, I heard an allusion to this story today, actually, on another podcast where they were talking about uh, apparently, you know, um, directors. There are some directors who have been just infuriated or gutted by their projects getting shunted over to streaming. Um, One example is David Chase, the creator of the Sopranos who, you know, came up as a TV writer in the content mills of like the eighties and like freaking Hill street blues and shit like that made the Sopranos, but always like wanted to be, you know, film was the goal. And then he, for the past, you know, few years, works on this prequel story about young Tony Soprano, um, which is really like the most schlocky Marvel thing you can do, but um, (laughs) it's a prequel, young Tony. You you tell me the difference between young Tony and young Sheldon. There is none. Uh, (laughs) But he's getting day and dated on HBO Max now. It's going to be in theaters and it's going to be on HBO Max, which is like he just, he wanted nothing to do with television anymore. And now he's, he is back again. And the other person is uh, Christopher Nolan, who we will recall through a, this is perhaps being ungenerous, uh, what could be described as a hissy fit regarding the release of Tenet last year in peak pandemic. It was like, you have to see it in a theater. We'll figure out a way to make it safe. And they never really did. And... Mm-hmm. People were like, nope, no movie theaters right now. Thanks, Christopher Nolan. Apparently, the... I, I can't source this. Apparently, there may have been a story in, like, The Hollywood Reporter or something like that. Um, Nolan has a movie about uh, Oppenheimer, the guy who invented or worked on the atomic bomb. Um, right. And Nolan is kind of going around to... He's trying to work both... He's trying to play both against each other, it seems like where he's going to the streamers and being like, I will make this for you, but I want 110 days in a theater playing that angle. It's like, I will, this will be yours, Netflix or Amazon or Apple or whoever. But after 110 days, it'll be yours exclusively for you on your streaming site. Because, and again, I did, this is, this is that whole magic of the cinema thing that I've never really fully bought in on because I'm a fucking latchkey kid and all my content comes from, 
staring at a 12 inch box three inches from my face. So, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that it's hard for me to buy into like, Ooh, when the lights go down and the booming audio and it's like, man, whatever. Like, <laughs> I watch There's my- like maybe three films that I feel that about. And, and that's it. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, the Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. Those are the only. <laughs> Jurassic World, sorry, rather. We can forget 3. It's going be World. Um, no, it's a good question. I mean, and there is no answer. I mean, listen, Chris and Andy do more industry talk than we do. And I was listening to them and they, Andy basically said that. Where it's like, the dirty secret right now is nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And, and there I, are and no I, rules. Yeah. It could be like Shang-Chi and you just try your, try your luck. Maybe they think like, you know, the play was China in the first place and international in the first place. And, you know, America and North America is gravy, but for that movie where theaters haven't really been locked down to the extent they've been in North America, forget the whole streaming thing. Cause it's the same dude. Again, Kate always says, if it smells, you know, it smells like sexism and it walks like sexism. Why you put Black Widow? Um, it only released a month earlier. Like, yeah, yeah. And this is what I couldn't understand. Why, this why, is why, does, I was why does that one go day and date, con- but Shang Chi doesn't? You know, go. Yeah, I was like, only. why? Why would they do that? Like, I was just so confused. And I'm sure this is probably even harder for ScarJo to swallow because Black Widow had been doing so well in theaters, and look. You know what? If they want to put things into theaters and then stream it later, fine. Um, I just can we get some like consistency? And I know that's really weird, but I mean, I'm not going to a theater for a really long time, um, and I still think it might be it might be irresponsible. I haven't decided. My brain hasn't decided whether it's irresponsible or not. Um, I mean, your brain can decide it right now. Would you go to a theater this weekend to see a movie? No, a hundred percent no. <laughs> there you go. But I'm also I'm very careful comparatively to I'm going to not again not knocking anybody, but maybe someone younger. Um, they they seem to be a little bit more out there in the world, living their best lives. Um, but I also like I I I know myself in that I wouldn't go. But also that's my choice. What I'm worried about is like the inducement for someone who really wants to go see a movie. Um, but I, you know, I guess if people are, have to be vaccinated to go to theaters, which they do in Ontario, um, it's, it's better. It's okay. I'd really like to know where cases are coming from. Like that's the th- one thing they never tell us. Right. I like, mean, is it theaters or is it grocery stores or is it people yeah. getting together without masks or I like, I, I just really like to know. I feel like it's mostly that, but I mean, honestly, when I read that the numbers here in Ontario are still averaging around seven, eight a day, hundred. And you know, most of those are coming from the unvaccinated. I'm like, we still have that many people who aren't vaccinated at this point. Yeah. Like I take for granted the fact that I, that could be people I work with who aren't vaccinated. It just hasn't come up. It was just such a, you know, the narrative of you know this summer to like get your fucking vax find it wherever you could (laughs) like you were trying to get like you were trying to get you know a pair of supreme air jordans like get it wherever you can 
And now it's like across at the, you know, the freaking high school that the children in this parking lot refuse to go play in. Um, there's like a, there's a vaccine clinic there. I came home yesterday. There was yeah. a TTC bus in that little like side lot. I'm like, how did that even get in there? What is happening? And it's like a couple like, you know, stand up awnings and like vaccine clinic today. And I was like, oh shit, this is where we are now. What is any of your excuse? I started like grabbing people on the street being like, did you fucking, you fucking get vaxxed? You vaxxed? <laughs> get over there. I'm sick of having a panic attack when I go to the laundromat. Get a fucking vaccine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, Anyways, so back to to is it okay? I I just want to know what's going on. There's enough confusion in my life. I don't need to be looking for Chang uh, Chang Chi and like be like, why can't I find it? Am I spelling it wrong? <laughs> How old am I? How did I get here? I need my pills. Um, get off my lawn. Yeah. No. Nobody really knows. There's no the the room. Right, well, the, it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not just the only one who's confused and wandering around. Friends, I don't know. Let us know. How do you feel about being out there in events? I just I just saw that uh beloved musical act of this program, Chai, is coming to Toronto next February. I saw the ad and I was like, it's at a you know, smaller venue, tickets are relatively cheap, it's general admission. <laughs> I'm like, mmm. General admission in February, huh? Catch me at the bar <laughs> in the back back. But again, I mean, you're going to vaccine, proof of vaccine will be required to enter. Um, who knows what the caseload is going to look like then, but it does literally feel like gambling. It feels like I'm going to spend, you know, 60 bucks on a pair of tickets to this under the assumption that I can get, you know, somebody's going to want to come with me and then hope that things are okay mm-hmm. by then. I don't know. It remains wild. Um, you had something else you wanted to discuss? Yes. A much better topic. Hmm. Um, but one again, that I'm confused about how I did, uh, how I just didn't know about this because it's from so long ago. So Usually a couple of days, like over the weekend or maybe even earlier in the day before we record the episode, I try and find some news. Sometimes I just also try and remind myself of maybe some of the things I wanted to talk about. And I was going through news and I came across an article from March 22nd, 2021. March 22nd. And yes, I know. And I was, and it was really the, the image that caught my eye. Uh, oh, what do they call it? You know, the thing, the thick, clicky thing. Um, <laughs> shut up. You know what I'm talking. You, I know you know what I'm talking about because you're humming. Um, um, the. Uh, uh, thumbnail. The thumbnail. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did, did it. it. Did it. The thumbnail that cut my eye. And this is the the name of the article. It's at the the Mary Sue. It's the internet is now obsessed with baby Kermit as well. They should be. Did you know there is a baby Kermit puppet out there? I don't think I did know there's a baby Kermit puppet. Like from the Muppet Babies or like yeah, a different no, version? No, no, it's it's it's. I guess they had a they have this show. Um, they've got uh, Muppet Babies show and tell. Muppy Baby's Playdate and Disney Junior Music. Um, and this is all on Disney Junior and it is a puppet and it is a baby, it is a baby version of, of Kermit and it has a baby banjo. 
and it and it's playing and being a baby. <laughs> it's a baby parrot. <laughs> um, and it delighted me. And I was also astonished and kind of horrified that I did not know that the, this baby puppet Kermit was out there. <laughs> or baby Kermit puppet was out there. <laughs> well, hold on. No, and I, I just needed to share the love. Now I got it. Now I got to see it. Hold on. Share the love and delight because it's delightful. He's just so cute. <laughs> oh my God, Caitlin. It's adorable. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> I, yes. Um, I can't argue with that, friends. Caitlin was good and correct to bring this to my attention and to yours. <laughs> We're old. Despite some claims, I'm not always on the internet. <laughs> Shouts to someone cute who thinks I am. Um, I miss this as well. I don't. I don't know how. I. I am sad that most people. Maybe something important was going on, like a world pandemic or something. Um, but I'm glad I know about this now. <laughs> I just enjoy as I scroll through this article looking for images that you know. I, as a practice, I hate the like. Here is a thing that I'm going to stretch it into three paragraphs, and then the button is going to be just random tweets. Yeah. I hate those articles so much. And if I was still involved in anything resembling like regular journalism, uh, that is the moment where I would be like, no. How, how's the article going? I'm having a little trouble stretching this to like, you know, you know, three screens or whatever. It's like, oh, I'll just get some tweets. Mm. No. No, I'd prefer not no, I don't to. Think I, will. I would prefer not to. Um, but however, the first one in this article is just all caps. Y'all rocking with baby Kermit. You know what? You know what, sir? <laughs> you know, you know what? Anna Laura at Anna Laura underscore art. We are in fact rocking with baby Kermit. Mm-hmm. Caitlin. Yes. You have a heck ton of updates. I do have a heckin' ton of updates. <laughs> heckin'. Don't, heckin'. Ba- don't bamboozle um, me. Hit me with that heckin' updates. So the first is, so because I could not watch Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings, um, I had to find something else. And I was like, okay, well, there's, I know there's some other superhero-y thing that's come out. Oh, The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is the new... That's the James Gunn. New... Yes, it's the new film that just came out, which is streaming. Yes, I have to pay a little bit extra, but I was like, it's my birthday. Um, So, it was great. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. The man knows how to do Um, what he does, so... Yeah, right? (laughs) Now, I haven't seen Suicide Squad. I've seen bits of it. I've seen some people talk about it. Um, or should I say, like, destroy it, rag on it, be like... Did you watch a five-hour YouTube terror. video about everything that was wrong with it? I, I did not. I just have seen bits and pieces. Um, specifically about, like, um, like the music in the, in the film. Mm. It was just something I was interested in. Anyway, point being, I don't know what... Suicide Squad is. I probably will watch it now just to compare the two. Um, but I did enjoy the Suicide Squad. Um, 
like you said, James Gunn is good at what he does. It was stupid and fun, which is really what I wanted. Um, and it was extremely enjoyable. I, I actually laughed out, laughed out loud a couple times, which is very hard for media to make me do. Um, yeah, so it was a good watch. Uh, I watched... <laughs> I kind of fell into it. It was kind of by accident. It was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the new one. The new, new one. The one for kids? The one for kids. Which, I mean, they've made Tila a lady of color, so I'm sure people are just, like, having a meltdown. I'm incensed. Same with... Same with, um... Ram man. It's now Ram ma'am <laughs> as a lady. And I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, it was fine. It's very, very much for kids. It kind of reminded me in the way that DuckTales, the new one is very much for kids. Like it, it's well-written. It's a good show, but it's, it's very much for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, though I love that everyone's like, yes, let's give them a sailor Scout transformation. <laughs> Everyone deserves I mean, He-Man is one of the original magical girls. We all know it. Like, somebody had to say it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. They put more clothes on He-Man, which we were like, oh, that's less homoerotic. So... <laughs> Don't like that. Yeah. But I'm sure it's... <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, we watched maybe three or four episodes, and then we're like, okay, yeah, this this is not entertaining. I mean, it was fun to see, like, what they did with the series and, and like, how different is this than Kevin Smith's version? And they've, up, they've updated it, but there are still some – it's slightly more inclusive. Um, I actually like um, – what's the cat's name again? Before or after Transformation? Well, after it's Battle Cat, but before Cringer. he's Cringer. Cringer. He's not super fucking annoying anymore. He's just like this old war cat that just doesn't have claws. And he, I don't know who voices him, but it's, it, it's an amazing voice. It sounds like Aslan. <laughs> like it's amazing. Anyways. Um, and then I have been listening to a podcast. What? what? Yeah, I know. Um, I needed something. I was in the office, but the office was very quiet. And I usually listen to something or have like murder she wrote in the background <laughs> while I'm like inputting data. Like there are parts of my job I really like that are really, really interesting and it's problem solving. And there are parts where I'm literally just inputting information into a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I know a lot of people are like, why haven't you listened to this? Or like, this is right up your alley, but I really wasn't sure. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a, a, a chance. So I listened to my favorite murder mm. with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. One of the like most well-known podcasts in North America. Mm-hmm. They are very charismatic. What's really great is you don't have to listen to it in order. So I just sort of listen. I actually looked at a list of like, favorite, of, like best episodes mm. Um, and yeah, it was fun. Their, their episodes are a little long, which I was like, oh yeah, now I know what everyone's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I'm like, an hour and a half is a little long. Tighten it up. Yeah, tighten it up. Um, But they also have the same kind of, like, where we'll go, like, off on tangents and talk about just random shit. They have that, too. It's It's not, like, super scripted or, you know super to the point um and so yeah um and it it was enjoyable i don't know how much i'm gonna stick with it um i really like hanging out with them which is of course what a podcast is um and i like some of the stuff they talk about and they do have a definite like revulsion for um psychopaths and murderers which i appreciate and they do talk about and the victims Um, But as they said in one episode, you know, what they really are interested in is interesting stories. Um, So, yeah. So, and they get lots of people to write in about interesting stuff. And, yeah, they just have, like, good online voice presence. Um, So, yeah. So, that's been interesting. Um, Of course, I've stuck with Marvel's What If. Um, This episode was... Interesting. It was a what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark. Mm. And they done Rhodey bad. <laughs> like they had the character do stuff that I just don't think the character would do. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, the marvel's what if is okay the problem also is is that i'm watching it right either after or before lower decks and lower decks (laughs) continues to just hit it out of the park just constantly like the show is amazing these writers adore star trek in all its forms um i just yeah i just it's really hard to watch a show that's so funny and well-written up against another show that is not necessarily supposed to be funny, but I just don't, like, the writing's just not there all the time. Um, They've had a couple of good, like, really good moments. Um, And even the last episode, the zombie episode, was, there were good moments, but the the tone was off. Mm -hmm. Like, it switched from, like, horrifying to, like, weird funny anyways so i mean i think it's worth a look if you like marvel um but lower decks is just amazing even if you're not a star trek fan it's just a it's a good show anyways that's all the stuff all the stuff well, i have significantly yeah. less than a heck ton but rattle them off real quick a heck and ton um oh and i played a new game mm. i'm sorry you do this every um, time <laughs> I know, I know I do. It's because I write stuff down and then as I'm talking and thinking about my week, um, I remember, I, you know, I saw other things. Um, it was called Forbidden Desert. Um, it is a cooperative game where you are trying to get parts of uh, alien ship together so you can fly out of this forbidden desert. It was ridiculous amounts of fun. Um, and we won, so that's always great on the like easiest setting. But anyways, if you like board games and you're starting to see people again, um, but smaller groups, this game is great. Okay, I'm done now. It's so much fun. You will stand up from the table and go, "This is ridiculous." I just like that phrase. I couldn't believe that it. you'd be having so much fun. You would be like appalled. 
<laughs> how much fun you're having. <laughs> this game is too much this fun. This is disgusting. This game is too I much fun. I am disgusted with much the fun. amount of fun everyone is having. Is- we actually, well, it was, we almost didn't win. <gasps> yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Friends, uh, two quick things. I don't have any, like, bingeables right now. All my stuff's kind of week to week, so maybe that's why it doesn't seem that much. Um, for some reason, I keep watching Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, it's fine. It's not the best thing I've ever seen in the world, but it's just... It's, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short. It's, it's you know... It comforts the caucasity in me, so... <laughs> I just I enjoy it for that reason. Um, more importantly, Reservation Dogs has hit Disney Plus in Canada week to week. Um, so three episodes are up. The season is wrapping in the States right now. And so I unfortunately, I didn't really have anything spoiled. But um, Chris and Andy, who also loved this show, kind of let it slip that it was very easy in the early episodes of this show, specifically the clinic episode to make the Atlanta comparison. Apparently future episodes of reservation dogs take the lesson of Atlanta that like it can be whatever it wants to be from one episode to the next. Right. I guess the, as it reaches the like later episodes of the season, each of the four kids, the main characters, kind of get their own, you know, Willie Jack goes hunting or Cheese goes on a ride along. <laughs> Cheese wants to be, might want to be a cop. So he goes on a ride along with that chief of police. And it's apparently like a fantastic fucking episode. Um, so the problem is I now listen to Chris and Andy talk about how great the show is. And I'm just like, give me, Plus, give me. It's out there. Are you going to make me wait another month for these to hit in Canada? Um so we'll see. We'll see how well behaved I stay on that. <laughs> um, here's a new one for the show. There was something I really wanted to watch, but I can't find oh. it anywhere. Friends, oh. tell, tell me where the movie Clockers is it's Clockers. on streaming. Clockers is a Spike Lee movie from the mid to late 90s um, based on a novel by Richard Price. Richard Price is a phenomenal contemporary crime author. Um mm-hmm. And was Clockers especially was heavily influential on the aesthetic of the wire. I'm just, I'm going down this hole right now. Like after the death of Michael K. Williams, I'm rewatching the wire in four minute increments on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) Out of order. (laughs) As we do. This is what I do with law and order. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great real Dadaist way to rewatch a show. It's like you just let YouTube tell you which four minutes you're going to watch from any given time. So now it's, you know, McNulty mm-hmm. with the serial killer in season five. And then the next clip will be like Omer's on tri- at Bird's trial, like <laughs> from three seasons earlier. It's just, you know, it's a real, real staccato way to take it. And this Clockers movie, Richard Price worked on the wire with a lot of other crime authors um, throughout the seasons. And there are definitely scenes from Clockers that when I read the book, I was like, oh, they lifted this directly from clockers in the wire um and spike lee adapted it in the 90s and i was reminded of the movie again because it's it's, this one this one's a real uh, tapestry i'm hitting you with right now okay also on youtube the great dj premiere has started doing one of these like eight minute episodes about you know one of the songs he worked on 
he calls it a tribute to the floppy disk. He's educating the kids on what the floppy disks are. Cause back in the day <laughs> you had to put your sounds, load them onto a floppy disk. And then that's what you put into like your sampler. So you could, you know, tap the beat out on your, your SP or your uh, MPC or whatever. And he did, there was a super group made for an earlier Spike Lee movie called Crooklyn and the song and the group were called Crooklyn Dodgers. Then when clockers came around, they formed another super group with three different rappers and premiere did the beat for that. So I was watching this, you know, I was going through all these episodes of, I believe it's called. So what's up with DJ premiere. And he was talking okay. about this return of the Crooklyn Dodgers um, song he did, which was featured in the movie clockers. And I was like, I man, I love that book. I love Richard Price. I like Spike Lee. Like, why have I never watched this movie? Where can I find clockers? And I can't find it anywhere. It's not on Netflix. It's not on prime. It's not on crave. I, I didn't check like Tubi or <laughs> or any of those <laughs> janky sites. And maybe it's on there. I don't know, but somebody find me clockers is the point. Um, the one thing I'm I sorry, did... I'm sorry. I just, I, I got a Spike Lee is so underrated. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, under over or properly. I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's how his rating and the esteem goes. I know he took a little flack for, uh, that nine 11 doc he made recently. Cause apparently it, uh, had some, had a little made too many people presenting the other argument that it was an inside job, you know, that whole, uh. that whole jam. Um, he took some shit for that, I think, but yeah, he's really give him his flowers, I guess is the point. Um, mm-hmm. with, with people tragically passing away all the time, give Spike Lee his flowers while he's here. Um, as is often the case, you spend some time with someone cute. You watch some things you wouldn't normally. I watched an episode mm-hmm. of a show called Love Life, which is on okay. Crave slash HBO Max. It is basically um, an Anna Kendrick vehicle about love and relationships and kind of like charts her through all the relationships she has and like time jumps through her life and things like that. And the first episode was good. It was obviously her like young 20 something, uh, you know, relationship. And how they really liked each other, but, you know, he gets an opportunity for his career and they just kind of have to end it sort of amicably. Um, and then there's like narration that's like, you know, she thinks this is the worst thing in the world, but she doesn't know she's going to get everything she ever wanted, blah, blah, blah. And then it like cuts to older version of Anna Kendrick, like holding her pregnant belly. And <laughs> I have not had the opportunity to go back and watch more. Someone cute has continued to watch it and has told me she, she enjoys it. So if oh, I, okay. I may spend some time with that. Um, most of my free time, though, has been spent, when I'm not watching four-minute clips of The Wire, playing the old, or replaying, rather, the old um, PS4 Spider-Man game from Insomniac Studios that came out way back when, and is actually people have been reminded the one, of. The one that you had me, like, try and <laughs> swing, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's why I started replaying it, because when my homie gave me, like, the keys to his entire, uh, you know, gaming library... He had the Spider-Man game and the DLC, like the expansions that dropped. Only a couple, one about Black Cat and one about Silver Sable. Um, Mm -hmm. But I knew I couldn't jump right in because I don't remember. Jumping right in is probably going to assume that I'm like, you know, still at expert level on playing the game. And I would not have been. So I I restarted playing it um, on like a new game. They had one of those modes where like you can restart the game with all your abilities and all your gadgets and shit. So you can like burn through the early part of the game real quick. Um, and just, I forgot 
the thing the game does where around the point where maybe you're starting to get a little bored, like web slinging and all that stuff is fantastic. I love the look of the game. I remember when I first played it, it was around this time of year and the game takes place in this time of year. So again, it's like the Hawkeye thing, right? I like when my media reflects, you know, in real life. What you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. So having the leaves change in Toronto and then, you know, playing the game and swinging through a, you know, browning leaf version of Central Park, like is, that's, that's dope. But what I forgot was as, you know, you've been playing the game for a while and maybe you're starting to get a little bored by things like web slinging. Maybe it starts to feel a little repetitive. Even if you like the story, the actual gameplay starts getting repetitive. There is a jailbreak that happens two thirds through the game. And the shit goes fucking bananas. And I forgot how bananas it goes. So not only do you have convicts from Rikers, um, all over the city, you have, the Sable International, you know, Halliburton type style private army who's also trying to take you down. Basically something as simple as like web slinging 15 blocks means you have like red dots on you like every <laughs> every time you go Ooh. by. And it's and there's like buildings burning in the background. There's all these hostage situations popping up all the time. And meanwhile, also, you know, Electro and the Rhino and the Scorpion have all been broken out of the raft and like they are your centerpiece right. missions, right? Like you can run around and do all these other small fights. Or you can just focus on, like, no, I'm going to go fight the rhino now. Um, it's so perfectly timed, and I forgot how uh, how well it was done. And kudos to them. They're getting shine again because uh, there was a PlayStation event recently, and the sequel to this game was finally announced, which is going to have oh. not only Peter and Miles together, but Venom as well, I think. Um, That's amazing. All those playable characters, so people are hyped for that. And will that spur me to get a PS5 sooner than later? Probably not. You know how that's going to go. <laughs> you also know how this is going to go. Friends, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, Cinematic September rolls on with my pick. It's been a while since we had some anime around here. So when we come back from this break, we're going to watch those words bubble up like soda pop. After this. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we have brought each other this week. As Jordan said, he brought something to the table, an anime, words bubble up like soda pop. But before we get into it, we have some rules. Yep. The first rule, which is the rule of three, does not apply, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will give it a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. But this thing is already the oh, thing it wants to be. It already is. It's the thing. It, it is. It is. It's the thing. So we were to watch the whole thing. The second rule, which is hashtag save it for the pod, means that we actually don't know if we watch the thing. We just assume that each other watched the thing. I have no because, idea. No idea. Because we want to give you guys the freshest of takes, no matter how old the thing is that we are watching. This is relatively new, though. It is relatively new. Um, the third rule, which isn't really a rule, is just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. So, you know, if you're like, no, I don't want any spoilers, then you need to you need to go. 
Go find somewhere giving away trees. Plant a tree. <laughs> Plant a tree. Do your part. <laughs> Planting trees will save the world. Plant a tree. Go on. It, get. Be- it beats going to fuck yourself. I mean, that's improvement. So, Right? <laughs> All right. I just, you know, I want to give people a chance. Do the right thing. So sometimes you get that hunger. You get that fever for some anime. You don't know where to start. I always feel like before I need to like get into a new anime, I need to like know what's good. And like, there's like 47 shows that come out every season. So I'm like, you know, what am I going to, what's going to get my time? I'm not a young man anymore. I'm not going to like watch everything that comes out. Good Lord. Are you insane? No, you got to pick like the top two or something from a season and settle in there. There's still stuff. I didn't finish Zombieland saga. I didn't finish Kobayashi's dragon maid. Like there's this stuff that I already know. I like, I haven't watched. So you want me to watch something new? I got to get in there ridiculous do the research you got to woo me is what i'm saying you know what's going to woo me what when the still image that accompanies a film has a boy and a girl digging through records and the girl is holding up what is clearly taiko onuki's album sun shower i'm gonna go what the fuck is that and i'm gonna watch it which is why i said to kate i have to watch words bubble up like soda pop or I'm going to try this one. Bear with me. Saida no yoni kotoba wa wakigaru. Ah, I lost it at the end. Saida no yoni kotoba ga wakiagaru. It's a Japanese anime, comedy, drama, romance film. Wow. Produced by Sublimation and Signal MD and directed by Kyohei Ishiguro. It premiered at the 2020 Shanghai International Film Festival and released to Japanese theaters on July 22nd, 2021 and Netflix on the same day internationally. So this just came about in July while we were on hiatus and it doesn't really do much of anything. Yep. Don't know that it needs to. Your plot Mm -hmm. is basically after meeting one bright sunny day, a shy boy who expresses himself through haiku and a bubbly, but self-conscious girl share a brief magical summer. This is clearly one of the children of your name. There are many, your name unleashed a flood of teen romance in the anime format in varying styles and formats. This one chose haiku and very interesting art style, which we can talk about uh, as we go along here. I, despite this being my choice, I went in as blind as Kate did. I was slow to warm to the movie's charms i do have to say but it ended up slowly winning me over um one strike against it which was not pointed out by me although i agree someone cute was in the other room while i was watching this and she said why is there so much yelling (laughs) and i said welcome to anime yeah that's just what happens no, and also, note for me, never watch Haikyuu at someone Q's house. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, no. Yelling volleyball boys all the time. Um, all the time. Yeah, I have some other things I can say about this uh, and the plot and such, but just, uh, Kate, I just threw this at you cold. You didn't even have the wooing of, uh, you know, a city pop reference in the in the accompanying still image. What did you think of this movie? Uh, there are, I have... I have two main thoughts. Two main thoughts. First one being, 
if any movie can make me cry that hard, it's doing a good job. The second is this was a, a lost opportunity to play more really good music <laughs> from the eighties. Um, like I was, I was really frustrated by that second part and kind of, I didn't realize the first part would happen. <laughs> uh, so what, what was it about? How did the first part happen? That's interesting. Um, it happened when the older gentleman, uh, said, I don't want to forget. Right. And I like <laughs> pulled my eyes out and I was like, he's so old and he just doesn't <laughs> want to forget his wife. There are, there were a couple moments here early on in the movie where I was like, oh, this has got some, this is some, this is some Katie Mac, uh, <laughs> catnip right here. Um, is the baby race a real thing? Does that happen? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it does. <laughs> there was it, a it totally, ba- there was a baby race in the first the fifteen minutes of, of the, the film. The best part of that that baby race was the woman going false start, false <laughs> start. <laughs> um, and and when I realized yeah. that a bulk of the action was going to take place in and around and uh, you know elderly folks community center slash oh my god old yes. folks home or there whatever. There was so much here I for was me. Like, oh so my much. god. This was, this is there was more here for me than you like like and just i love the like the community and that you know they were the mall was actually what kind of what the malls were supposed mm, to. i don't know right. if this is just if this is japan or if this is not a really real thing or if it's just for this movie but if anyone is out there and is either knows about this or is from japan are malls actually community centers, which is what they were actually created to be, not just like hubs a, of commerce? A but... mall like that with, like, the giant parking lot or anything? Like, I, I don't even know if malls like that. Maybe they do, and I'm just not aware. Maybe out in the, like, you know, smaller towns in the countryside they do. Yeah. But and like yeah, I just and, didn't and think also... they had the space for, like, sprawling, you know, centers of commerce like that with the huge parking lots and shit. But maybe maybe they do. There were so many dings for me. Well, one random thing that when I was watching the movie, I was like, why are those stairs closed? Do you know what I'm talking about? The stairs closed. So there are a large set of stairs going to the mall. Like really large, like double stairs. And they have like a red bar across them and no one goes up or down them. Mm. And I don't know. I like want to investigate any movie that wants me to investigate part of it. <laughs> it's really like, like no one else, like no one else will notice. Uh, that's the kind of movie I like. Um, I actually noticed the clock before the big reveal. I noticed it. I yeah. I noticed it when they pointed out. So let's bash through some plot here really quick. Not that there is much plot to speak of. Um, our two leads are, uh, his last name is Sakura, but everybody calls him Cherry because Sakura blossoms are cherry blossoms. Um, he loves, I don't know if he loves, he's very introverted. He wears headphones that don't play music uh, just to kind of keep people away and at bay. Um, he is working at the uh, old folks center um, to cover, basically cover for his mom. It was his mom's job and she hurt her back and he is... Uh, working there in her stead and he and his family will be moving to parts unknown in uh, late August and the movie starts in July and you, on the other side you have smile who 
she is a sort of influencer, um, you know, does live streams and stuff on this movie's version of Instagram. Curiouser, is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Which is like a Twitter, um, Instagram hybrid sort of thing. Um, and she has always had these kind of like buck teeth. And as she gets older, um, shit, did they show the moment where she got self-conscious about him or? Um, possibly it was like a, it looked like a memory. Yeah. Um, so she's getting braces to get them corrected, but they still stick out. And plus now she has the braces. So she always wears a, like what is very familiar to us now, a, you know, non-medical mask. Um, so she wears a mask through most of the movie and circumstances. They just kind of meet, they end up swapping phones accidentally. So that's why they, they meet and they're both just kind of enamored with each other. But then they kind of connect a little bit over social media and keep bumping into each other at the mall. And then she, um, because CNA and I just, I just watched it, but I'm like forgetting details already. There is one gentleman who Caitlin mentioned is the one who doesn't want to forget his wife. He's constantly walking around with an empty record sleeve and he wants to find this record. Nobody really knows why he wants to find this record and come to find out. It was performed by his wife. Um, It's the only recording of her. And it was like small pressing sort of thing. Like there weren't many copies. So the search, if there's anything resembling a conflict, it's the search for this record that they're both going on while they are growing closer and dealing with the reveals that like he's moving and he doesn't tell her type of thing. Um, And yes, what Caitlin is referring to with the clock is it's revealed that the, as they're tracking down leads to try to find this record, which again, shouts to them, never would have happened in real life. There's no, there's no possible way. No. Or the sidebar is you had the code on the OB, just pump it into Discogs. You'll find it in two seconds, my G. Like, <laughs> they didn't know. Do they have Discogs Teenagers. there? And this is a fantasy world <laughs> where um, no one on the internet knows anything about very, very rare vinyl. <laughs> um, so they figure out or deduce that it was a picture disc, meaning a record with a image sort of screen printed on it. And on the front side is this is the woman, the picture of his wife. And on the back side is like a car overlooking fireworks. And they make a point of when they do find the record and like the last place you'll look, um, smile is showing it to cherry and she flips it over and she's like, Oh, there's another picture on this side. And then a couple seconds later, I don't know if it was, did you notice it before that? But like, it was shortly thereafter, but before the big reveal, I saw the clock on the wall and I went, oh yeah, that's okay. It was, bef- it was, it was before that. I'm pretty sure that I noticed it. Long story short, the, uh, the one they find is warped and smile tries to uh, smooth it out and flatten it. Cause she's a child and does not realize how records work. <laughs> Do you do you want to know that as soon as she was like, oh, it's warped. I wonder. I literally fast forwarded it. <laughs> like I could it? not see her break it. I couldn't do it. That and and th- again, these are the moments where I, like I said, I was probably slow to warm up to the movie in the initial bit. When there's a lot of yelling and you know that that chase through the mall initially that kind of sets up their meeting with the like delinquent kid who steals the the standy. And is running through the mall with it. It was a lot of yelling. It was a lot of, you know, aggressive action. And I was like, okay, calm down. I didn't come here for this. Um, But then, like, 
she breaks the record. She has to tell him that she broke the record. He then tells her she's moving or he's moving. And so their whole like relationship is kind of like, does that thing that happens when you're young, where like, you know, you don't know how to talk about it. You could solve it if you could just talk and two, you know, for two seconds, but you're, you know, 15, 16. So you can't. Um, and then the shot of her trying to glue it back together and it keeps falling off. It keeps falling apart. Uh-huh. I, that was the moment I was like, okay, you dumb, stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> you roping me in now. Um, let's talk about the visual style of this movie. How did you like it? How would you, how would you, des- how would you describe it? Um, like, it's kind of flat in the colors, I guess. And a lot of the scenery is, it's like the characters in front of a matte painting. Mm. One thing, and one thing I wondered about, and, and, and the biggest clouds that have ever existed on, in the planetary atmosphere. Like, you see a horizon, there are clouds, the, the largest clouds you've ever seen. Um, I, I, I didn't, no, I don't think so. I think you're... I think they were fine. They just they were stylistically. Huge. Um, but one thing I did wonder, and they kind of nodded to this, because of course when they end up at the record store and I already had spotted in the still the Taiko Nuki record, I'm like literally looking at everything in that record store. And I was like, do I know any of these? Like, <laughs> And when they get to the end, they the last record they pull out, which is not the one they're looking for, who am I as a person? Of course I recognize the back of Tatsuro Yamashita's album for you. Um, you don't even see the front of it. You saw the back and I was like, I know that record. It's your boy, Tatsuro. Um, the cover of for you specifically has a illustrated cover that very much reminded me of how the mall looks in this movie. So I was going to say that this looks like a bunch of vinyl covers. Mm. Um, (laughs) And I don't know if that, I mean, I, that's, it was obviously it was obviously a choice, yeah. right? Um, and it looked a little like sometimes when you see cartoons from the eighties or nineties, they've got a very like hand drawn feel. I, I know this is hand, like your guy. You, you, people are probably like, "Yeah, Caitlin, it's animated." I'm like, "No, I know," but there's a difference between say a Disney movie from the seventies and a Disney movie from 2000s, right? Yeah. Like there's not that polish on it. Is it. Am I making sense? Yeah. Um, I really liked it, but I also really like, like you mentioned before about being a latchkey kid and like, you know, we watch things for entertainment and for me, it's not a big deal for you. You have much more discernment when it comes to animation. Um, and I think it's just because I'm more interested in the story it's telling necessarily than the beauty of it. I did think it was beautiful and I thought it was, it was fine. And I thought it fit for the story they were telling. I was, yeah, I, I had, when I saw the mall, I initially, like the first time I saw the mall, I said, that looks very much like the cover for you. So then, you know, an hour later, when they pull out an actual copy of for you without smacking you in the face with it, only just one of those, like, if you know, you know, type moments, I was like, okay, they're, they're really leaning into that guy's art style here. 
um, cause that he was a commercial, I, I can't remember his name, but he did. I've got a couple other records that he illustrated the covers for. Um, he was a commercial artist in the eighties in Japan, did a lot of album covers for folks. Um, the moment that got me, of course, um, was when a couple moments, the sweet moment was when they find the record both times, it is revealed that similar to smile gentlemen's. The gentleman's wife, uh, the older gentleman's wife also had, you know, rabbit teeth and that, I don't know if this is true or not, but for the context of the movie, they mention Yamazakura, which is a type of cherry blossom that blooms early. Mm-hmm. So they apparently call, you know, people with teeth like that Yamazakura because the teeth are the leaves <laughs> they're blooming early, meaning they stick out farther. Um, and when they finally drop the needle on it, I assume it was a newer song. I don't know the song originally, but it was sung by Taiko Anuki and I recognize her voice anywhere. And that was the moment I was like, my chest clenched up a little bit. Yeah. That's what I was checking before we recorded. I just wanted to make sure. Um, And my chest clenched up a little bit because I was like, you know, I know her voice anywhere and that and recognizing her voice and like the chord that hits in me from just loving so much of her music. And then the flashback scene of the old guy when he was younger and meeting his wife and, and juxtaposed with smile is live streaming. What's happening. Um, Cherry realizing that, Oh shit, they found the record. He's got to get there. He, you know, the, the big running through the airport scene, he makes, <laughs> he makes his parents stop the car and just runs to this, like, you know, uh, you know, summer festival in the mall parking lot and just, you know, grabs a mic and starts, you know, screaming haiku at, at smile about all the things he likes, which are, you know, imagery, but also about her until the point where he just like fully admits that, you know, he likes her and that's kind of where it ends. It just kind of stops there. And I kind of respected that. The only hint you get is that the very last scene in the credits is it's a still image of a record playing and you can see the shadow of two people kissing in the background. Oh, really? See, I didn't uh, yeah. see. Fuck. I didn't watch all the credits. You, you of all people I should know, know right? you watch all the credits. Stupid me. Um, yeah. I just kind of respected that there was no like real denouement. Like it doesn't change the fact he's yeah. still probably, you know, he's still going to move like, but maybe they'll have like a long distance relationship. Maybe and it'll they be will. Super cute. And it'll work out and they'll have babies. <laughs> And then those babies will enter the race at the mall. <laughs> yes, they will. Uh, you got to watch them, though. They're d- cheaters. <laughs> False start. False, False start. <laughs> so dumb. Um, you know what? At the time when it wrapped up last night, I turned to someone cute and I said, that's a solid six and a half. Uh, you know what? I'll bump it up to a seven and a half. That's 7.5 for me. Yeah, it's totally a 7.5 for me, too. It was a lovely watch. It wasn't overcomplicated. I really liked the different characters. There was no weird, like, fan service anywhere. No, true. Like, she was just, like, a teenager. Oh, that's... Um, Sorry. I just remembered that's what it was. Isn't when she's, like, trying to repair the record that she starts to, like... As she wells up, and then both her sisters explode from, like, both sides of the screen. And, like, hug her, and they all cry. I was like, oh, my God! Yeah, she has a great relationship with her you sister. Coming I don't in, know how. Coming in hot, coming hot, coming in hot in the back nine of this movie. Get with the feels. 
The feels were not very yeah. present in the first half, but you're really coming with it now. It's not essential viewing. It's not what I would put no. on like, you know, the mandatory playlist of like, you know nothing about anime, watch this. It wouldn't be there, but it's for what it was, it was fine. It was enjoyable. I didn't have a bad time with it at all. So that is no, it was, it was nice. on your Netflix. If you want something just nice and sweet and a chill hang that looks interesting and has some good music in it, um, definitely check that out. Solid reco. Solid reco from your friends at the GDP. Well, I know she's eager, so it's time for me to smack the old tennis ball back to Kate and find out what she's going to give me for next week. We will do that off mic. Friends, if you watch this movie or you have any recommendations for Cinematic September, you can always hit us up on the Twitters at GeekDownPod. Get up off Twitter. We would love to hear your thoughts. And with that, we will put a pin in it. Friends, we thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week in these uncertain times. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. So when we come back, we're going to watch them work. Wor- so when we come back after this break, we're going to watch them work. Wor- oh, I want to say worlds instead of words. World. <laughs>